Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown, where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. Tall tales. True stories. And current goings on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in summer. Welcome to episode 141 of the Brown County Hour. This is Dave Seastrom. And Sarah Lytle, along with the rest of the crew. This month we're featuring three seasonal musical selections from Rick Fettig, Carolyn Dutton, and Slats Klug. We're also introducing a new segment that we call Ordinary People. Vivian Wolf interviews Kay Elkins, and her son Barry performs the background music. Lucy Schultz interviews Melanie Tabanaugh and Mandy Kennard from The Centerstone. Chuck Wills, along with Hondo Thompson and Tom Presson, take us for a ride on a time machine. And we have an interview with Sam Heron and Josh Anderson as they tell us about their catering business, Bonafide Bites. We also have timely essays from Jim Eagleman and Dave Seastrom. Segment one begins as Vivian Wolf interviews Kay Elkins in a segment we're calling Ordinary People. Lucy Schultz talks about Centerstone with Melanie Tavanaugh and Mandy Kenhard. Chuck Wills treats us to some time travel with Hondo Thompson and Tom Preston. And we'll close with Rick Fedick's version of Christmas in Prison by John Prime. This is Vivian Wolf. I'm here for Ordinary People Telling Ordinary Stories. Our guest this evening is Kay Elkins. Hi, Kay. Hi, Viv. Hi, everybody. It's good to be here. Thank you for asking me. Kay's got some stories about her life, about her experiences, and I've known Kay for a long time, and she makes me laugh a lot, and I thought she would be a very good one to be our first guest. So, Kay, why don't you begin telling us a story? Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about, really, is the one-room school that I went to here in Brown County. It was called Browning School. And it was down toward Browning Mountain, if you all know where that's at. Close to Elkinsville, but not quite to Elkinsville. Elkinsville had a store, a church, one-room school there, too. And But my feeling on one-room schools, I wish we could go back to them because there were seven 
grades in one room. And I think we learned so much. And we always started the day with our Pledge of Allegiance and prayer. And I thought, that needs to be brought back. If anything needs to be brought back, that needs to be brought back. But we lived way down in the country. I mean, it was past T.C. Steele, you know, way down toward Elkinsville. My dad told me at one point that we lived at you know, and that's what I've told people all of my life. We came to Brown County when I was about six. We lived here when I was younger, and then my parents got jobs in Columbus, and my dad worked for Hamilton, Hamilton Costco now, or just Costco, and my mother worked for CP Electronics, and they would drive back and forth. Our house burnt when I was young, and so we bought the Bill Hayes place, which probably most people don't know that name, but my dad bought that little farm, and he farmed plus worked at Hamilton's. So, but I loved my days at Browning. It was just the most fun. And there might only be one person in one class or two people in one class, but those of us who it was not our turn would watch and listen and learn what the fourth graders or the sixth graders were talking about. And I find that's unique today. And I'm glad I got to experience that. There's so many things that used to be here in in Brown County in town, used to be so wonderful. When I was a kid or a teenager especially, I didn't like Brown County. There was nothing to do. All you could do was walk the streets barefoot, you know, just walk the streets and uh, at that time, there was probably maybe three shops in town. The Nashville House, of course, was there, but there really weren't. Miller's Drug Store, we hung out there some. Red Door. But we just, there was nothing for teenagers to do. So we had to either go to Bloomington, Columbus, or Indianapolis. And on a big Friday night, we would drive to Indianapolis and get White Castles. That was our biggest thing, exciting thing in our life. But I remember one specific, and I I told Vivian this, one specific instance when, and I did not like the tourist at all. And so my friend and I were walking downtown, and we were barefoot, because that's what we did. And this one lady stopped me, and she said, oh, honey, don't you have any shoes? I said, no, ma'am, not until my school starts again. Then my mama gets me a pair of shoes. I get a new pair of shoes then. She was so got. She felt so sorry for me because I didn't have shoes. I had a closet full of shoes. I was an only child, so I had plenty of clothes and plenty of whatever. But we walked away giggling from her because she took us serious. Well, what do you think of Nashville now? And, I mean, you've been... You've worked at some of the shops. Mm-hmm. You've seen it evolve to various yes. things. Yeah. And my, I, I know it's changed a lot. It has. But you, I think it's kind of coming back to having more quality things. And the I arts hope. are becoming more important and, yeah. and handmade crafts. And That's there's important. more music. Yeah. There's more music in town. Yes. It, like I said, when I was young, I couldn't wait to get away from here. 
And now that I'm old, I, I don't want to leave. This is my home. It always will be. This is my home. I was born in Lawrence County. My parents were both from Lawrence County and moved here when I was young. But there is no place. I've been to a lot of places, and there's no place like here. The people, I love you people. The shops, I'm glad they're getting back to more craft, handmade things. Mm -hmm. You can buy made in China and Japan any place. And there for a while, that's about all you could find. But I am glad it's getting back to the original. One of the things that I think is important is Nashville has a historic district that's on the National Registry. And in doing that, before that application was sent and and talked about, somebody at the state level said to PVH, you have to prove it's not a trinket town, which was kind of the gauntlet that said, uh-huh. But I think that's where we are. But yeah. thank you, Kay. I You've raised your kids here. Yes. And you've got grandchildren that you enjoy. I do. I so, have great-grandchildren. Yes. And I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Hi, this is Lucy Schultz. I'm here with Mandy and Melanie from Centerstone, and they're going to give us a broad overview of what they have to offer Brown County. Yeah, thanks for having us here. I'm Mandy Kennard. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I manage the Brown County Centerstone office. I am born and raised Brown County, and I have kids in Brown County schools, and I've been at Centerstone for 17 years, so I really appreciate you having us here. Absolutely. You introduce yeah. yourself. I'm Melanie Tevenaugh. I've been in Nashville now almost six years. I do work at Centerstone. I hired in as a recovery coach, and I'm now the criminal justice liaison for Brown County. I am in long-term recovery, getting ready to celebrate six years. And Centerstone was one of the places that really helped me get a hold of my recovery and do what I've done so far. Great. We talked a little bit about the PACES program. I'm happy to talk about the Brown County PACES initiative. It's a $500,000 community catalyst grant through the Division of Mental Health and Addiction. It funds free resources, free mental health services for any children in the community that have experienced adversity as well as their families and for adults that intersect with the criminal justice system in some way. It also provides like broad community training and awareness around early childhood adversity resilience and how we can come together as a community to help really heal and move forward. So it's it's a pretty amazing really resource for the community right now. We would love to invite people to the community conversation that the Brown County Paces Initiative is hosting at Town Hall on December 21st from 4:30 to 5:45. So we'd love to see as many as many people there as possible. Great, great. And can you tell us what PACES actually means? Yeah, it stands for the Brown County Positive and Adverse Childhood Experiences Initiative. So again, trying to raise awareness in the community about how both positive and and adverse experiences in childhood can really change the trajectory of our county. And when I talk about that and when we're talking about that, it really we're talking about everybody. Adults have a huge impact on the wellness of children. Absolutely. 
And then, um, Melanie, you are in charge of the 988 for Brown County. I'm not in charge of it, but I can give you plenty of information. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) So 988 is fairly new. It's right at a year old. It was created to address like the um, mental health issues, suicidal issues, or any type of crisis. It's a contact line that you can call, and it's for direct talking to somebody, and you can even text so it's a talk text type of line. Wonderful. And yeah. And then it's similar to 911, but 911 is more for like, you know, like medical safety, fire, you know, someone has a gun or Emergency. things like that. Right. Whereas 988 is designed to talk to someone in a text and to de-escalate them if you can. Anybody can call or text 988 when they're in any kind of mental health crisis, whether this is contemplating suicide, whether it's struggling with substances, whether it's having a really big fight with your kids and not sure what to do. 988 is something that you are able to call or text the numbers 988. 911 still needs to be your first go-to for anything where there's imminent risk of harm. If somebody has a gun, if the house is on fire, you need to call 911. Mobile crisis units will be deployed to your home, if you so wish, within an hour or two if you call the mobile crisis unit for a mental health crisis. If you need somebody right away, you still need to call 911 because they're going to be deployed out of Columbus or Bloomington most likely. You can have a therapist at your house 3 a.m. if you want. If they want to call the mobile crisis unit, they can be served virtually by Zoom or they can request somebody to come out to their house. The phone number for the mobile crisis unit is one 463 6512 There's also what we call stride centers. There's now one in Bloomington and there's also one in Columbus. And what this is, it's a 24-7 center that people can go to if they're in crisis. People can walk in without an appointment. No insurance is required. No services will be, they won't be charged any services. And they can get mental health support right then on site. And they can also get connected into if they need to have access to detox or maybe they really do need an inpatient psychiatric stay, but you are you don't want to go and wait in the ER for like four hours. They can help you get connected to a bed for psychiatric care. If you're not sure where to get resources, housing, you know, all those sorts of important resources, they, they are a place where you can go and get connected to the local community resources as well. So it's 24-7. You can just walk in there. So I just wanted to make the distinction between 911, 988, mobile crisis, and stride. Thank you for the distinction between all of those. That was a really good explanation. Thanks. No problem. I've seen kind of the Narcan boxes around town. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, is that a Centerstone thing also? Yeah. So Centerstone, and I can tell you a little bit about the services we offer too, but that's an additional resource to the community is that we do have a Nalox box outside. So it's 24-7 access to Naloxone. The office doesn't need to be open. We also do have inside We have fentanyl test strips. We've got prescription mailback bags, so you can get rid of old prescriptions that you don't want to keep in the house that are no longer in use. We have pill boxes for people to be able to track their medications and know when they need to take them. And we do have gun locks, too. So we've got a lot of free resources in the community that anybody, client or non-client, can come in and get at any point in time. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And so we, what's your contact information? How can we get a hold of you guys? Yeah, so Centerstone as a whole, we are a community mental health center, and we do provide services across the lifespan. 
So we provide individual family group services to people in homes, in schools, in all of the schools in the county. We serve all of the schools here. We also provide virtual services and office-based services regardless of insurance. Our contact number to get set up for an appointment is 812-988-2258. We also have a website. It's www.centerstone.org. And you are located on Old 46, 46. Yeah, down from the football field. So it's 1156 okay, Old just right State Road 46. Road. Yeah. yeah, it's between Where the state park and the football field. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in today. It was a pleasure having you here. And I learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Welcome to It's About Time. Please join us for a trip to a familiar Midwestern suburb where the lawns are manicured, the mall is open, and there's something ticking in the basement. Well, Chuck, I've about got your project wrapped up. Oh, man. Thanks, Tom. I don't know what I'd do without you. Well, I know. You wouldn't have all this stuff fixed up around your house. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'd still have holes in my roof, front steps would be caved in, and, well... That that one thing wouldn't, you know. I know, I know. I'm sworn, sworn to, to secrecy. secrecy. Yeah, that's right. Like double top secret, my friend. <laughs> Just like that one time in Hey, fellas. Oh, hey, Hondo. What's hey, happening? Hondo, what's up? Hey, what brings you here, man? Well, I was taking a break from changing out the water and all my plants. Saw Tom's truck over there. Thought I'd see what kind of trouble you two were stirring up. Trouble? Nah, I'm just finishing up some building projects for Chuck here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom's a real lifesaver. He's fix some stuff up for me just in time nice well look i need to head over to the mall gotta pick up some photos from olin mills you know gotta get over there before they close you guys want to go along get a slice of luca pizza mm, hondo i don't know if we have time for that right now <laughs> oh well excuse me i mean i realize you're busy and everything hey i need to finish up this project so you guys bring me back a slice if you go yeah tom's on the clock hey time waits for no one guys Okay. What's with all the time commentary? Seems like you two are up to something. Oh, it, it's nothing really. Tom's just been putting in a lot of hours over here. We're both getting a little slap happy. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of hours, I don't want to be late to Olin Mills. Do you know what time it is? Well, uh, that all depends, Hondo. Relative to what? Relative to, like, seriously, what time is it? Well, since the dawn of creation, I'd say about halfway. But what? Or since the start of civilization, probably closer to the end. Okay, look, I'm looking for something like the big hand is pointing to the nine and the little hand's pointing to the two. Yeah, it's all relative, my friend. We're on a watery blue orb hurtling through the inky blackness on the way from point A to an unknown point B at an unspecified point in the future. There's your time for you. Right, well, <clears throat> Chuck, that's a... Uh, that's it's beautifully poetic and everything, but at the same time, distinctly not helpful. Well, you know what would be helpful? What? A time machine. Finally, yes, we can agree on something. Yes, a time machine. So maybe I can go back to yesterday, write myself a note to avoid this conversation. I, I've, I've got one. You got one what? A note to avoid this chat? No, no, a time machine. I've got one. Right, okay. Sure you do, pal. I've got one, too. Keep it right next to my cold fission reactor. Ooh, I always wanted one of those. Uh, hey, I wonder if Tom could build me one. Yeah, yeah. You should come over. It's 
It's really nice. Y- you know, it's all about thinking multidimensionally, Hondo. Humans were so trapped in this third dimension perception. But there's a lot more out there, like the fourth dimension. Time. Yeah, well, don't forget the fifth dimension. Seriously, man, look at this. The first dimension, I can go right, and I can go left as much as I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I the see. first dimension, see? Okay. That's great. And then the second dimension, I can run forward, and I can run backward, and then I can run forward again. You clearly put a lot of thought into this, Chuck. Yeah. Don't let me interrupt. Please, yeah. go on. And then the third dimension, that gets harder. That's up and down. So you jump up and down. That's the third dimension. Jump up and as much as you want. And sometimes it's easier to climb up on stuff rather than jumping. But you get the idea. The up and down part's the third dimension. Yeah, it's making all the sense in the world, pal. Yeah, it's the fourth dimension that's tricky. Oh, is it? Yeah, really tricky. And that's where the time machine comes in. My guess is that's fourth dimension thing that's probably where all the greats got caught up you know einstein hg wells marty mcfly exactly Mm -hmm. i'm glad you're catching on this this is important stuff so do you want to see it do i want to see what the time machine oh (laughs) oh you were serious yeah come on i keep it down in the basement well of course you do bleed on yeah right down here man i don't know why things are always in the basement or a broom closet or a coffin you know, last time we went to the basement? Anyway, what, what could possibly go wrong? Hey, 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 where are you fellas going? Well, uh, Tom, we're going down to the, the, you know. Wait a darn second, fella. You told me this was double top secret. You know, about the... Uh, it, it's okay, Tom. Hondo's one of us. Well, sure, he seems to be, but how can we know for sure? Hey, guys, if, if this is part of your cult initiation or something, truly, I'm, I'm happy not to go to the basement and see whatever kind of contraption or rituals you got going on down there. It's okay. No, no. Come on, Hondo. It's really okay. You're really going to like this. Come on, fellas. Let's go. I remember the last time this had me go down in that basement. Boy, everybody has trust issues. I don't know why I keep following him everywhere. Need some therapy. So much for secrets. Okay, guys. Here she is. My time machine. My precious. Your precious. My project. Wow. Impressive. Would you look at that? Well, it's got more lights on it than a National Lampoon Christmas tree. Yeah, I like that effect, too. Thanks, that was my idea. It makes the quantum entanglements look more impressive and festive. You got me there. Chuck, hit the switch. Got it. Dear Lord, you you, you two built this? Well, Tom built it. Would, would it take like a month? Yeah, last weekend. That's two tons of blue steel right there, buddy. This takes up This takes up almost all the space in the basement. You boys have been busy. Well, Tom's been busy. I assume you got all the proper permits for this kind of construction, right? Yep. Oh heck no. <laughs> so what? Did you build a reactor, a particle accelerator, an anti-gravity field or something? I mean, what's powering this thing? Oh, it's just standard house currents all it takes. It's really quite efficient. No flux capacitors required with my design. Oh, and uh, potato chips. And bourbon. Bourbon? I don't get it. Oh, you will, Hondo. Okay, it looks brilliant. I'm in. Okay, where can we go? Hondo, we can go right here. I think you mean, when can we go? Ah, yes. Okay, well, when can we go and to when can we go? 
Well, we can go anytime you like, but our destination, it can only be in the future. We can't go to the past. Well, well, well that's dumb. I want to go back and relive some of those, you know, good old days. Like the first day Star Wars was at the theaters, right? Mm, oh, man. Yeah. We could get a Coke before they messed up the recipe. Yeah. Or, well, I, I thought so, too, but Tom said... That's too many quantum entanglements, man. And think about it. If you met yourself in the past, you'd actually cause a ripple in time that would utterly change everything in the world going forward. We can't have that. What if you met yourself and happened to mention the winning Powerball numbers? Tom, I can't even begin to fathom that problem. In fact, I'm putting Powerball on my list. All right, fathom. There you go in the third dimension again. Try to keep up, man. The problem is, it's like jerking the steering wheel on the universe so hard that the time continuum leaves the road and heads off in some other direction. If you took future knowledge to the past, well, with that kind of knowledge, we might have to kill you to keep the universe glued together. Yeah, it's easier just to avoid murder and the end of the universe by going forward only. Wow. Uh, clearly, you two have considered every possibility. Yeah, yeah, here. Come on in. Come on. There's room for all of us in here. Well, this is unexpected. What, you don't like the aesthetic? Well, I mean, yeah, but when was the last time you saw a time machine with mid-century furnishings? I mean, a console TV? Look at this paneling. That's all quarter-sawn oak from right here in Brown County. Yeah, and a sweet collection of vintage vinyl over there in the corner. Don't forget that. Yeah, but what about all the time gizmos and the telemetry devices? No, 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 no. Everything we need is in here, trust me. So go ahead, have a seat in the lounger there, and, and get comfortable. All right. I'll get everything set up for our trip. Oh, oh, this is nice. Oh, well, it's definitely comfortable. Okay, well, do I need to strap in? No, 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 it's a gentle trip. You'll like it. Some tea for you? What? Um, okay, thanks. Yeah, so when do you want to go? Well, now. Okay, look, it's now already. No, to when do you want to go? Ah, okay, yep, I got it. Well, let's not get too crazy. How about about an hour from now? Just, just kind of ease into it. Yeah, perfect. That's what I was thinking, too. Let me get the gear ready. And here you go. Chuck? Mm. This is a kitchen timer. Mm. Yeah. And a deck of cards, yes. Would you like to play rummy or something else? Maybe poker, Texas Hold'em, or maybe I can grab some of the books down for you out of the library. Would that be better? Chuck? Mm. What's a kitchen timer have to do with this? Now we set that for 60 minutes. Wait, what? But we're traveling an hour ahead. Yeah, exactly. And the timer, it lets us know when we get there. This isn't a time machine. Yes, it is. It's just not a very fast one. More tea? No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. No. Wait a minute. Guys, this is just a waiting room. Uh, here, Hondo. Have an old-fashioned. I think you need a drink. Yes, I do. Thank you. Okay. Now, pay attention. Okay. We're all heading to the future, whether we like it or not. So why not do it in comfort with some friends? Let's spend the next 60 minutes traveling an hour into the future and listen to some good music, play some cards, maybe read a book. It's really endless what we can do. I've got cigars. See, yeah, the, the point is, this time machine transports us to now while we move to the later. 
And who better to do that with than some good pals? Well, you got me. You know, I'm starting to see the logic in this. You have some more chips? Yeah, yeah, right here. You know, guys, this time travel thing can be a little disorienting, I think. I may need to lie down, get another drink. After numerous tests, I've found that some Dave Brubeck on vinyl is the perfect antidote for time sickness. Nice. Perfect. And Tom, maybe uh, maybe you can mix me up another old-fashioned. I, I think that'll help a lot. Coming right up. See, Hondo, you're getting the hang of this already. Here you go. This is great, guys. Maybe we can time travel again next week? How about Tuesday? Oh, can't Tuesday. Uh, that's, that's, that's dark club night. Right, right. Wednesday, though. Wednesday sounds great. I'll be here. Perfect. You've been listening to It's About Time. Written and produced by Chuck Wills with cast members Hondo Thompson playing the part of Hondo, Chuck Wills playing the part of Chuck, and Tom Preston as Tom. Pause for station identification. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Powered Community Radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 at Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. Support for the Brown County Hour comes from listeners like you and the support of the Brown County Inn a family-friendly getaway destination located in Nashville, Indiana, offering locally sourced food, drinks, and live entertainment with banquet space, indoor-outdoor pool, miniature golf, and more. Information and booking available at browncountyinn.com. Support for WFHB comes from Our Brown County, 
a magazine for locals and visitors featuring art, entertainment, and county characters since 1995. Printed six times a year and available online. More at OurBrownCounty.com. Our final segment begins with Carolyn Dutton performing Carol of the Bells. Sam Heron and Josh Anderson tell us about their catering business, Bonafide Bites. Jim Eagleman reflects on the end of fall, and Dave Seastrom has a few thoughts about families. We'll close with the Slats Klug song, 12 Days of Christmas. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce Sam Heron and Josh Anderson, and together they comprise Bonafide Bites, which is a catering company. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. yep. Well, let's uh, let's talk origin story. How did this business get started? <laughs> well, we worked together for, gosh, almost a decade or so, doing contract food service, but also a lot of catering within that. And we finally decided after years of both of us kind of being in the event industry and being chefs, that it was time for us to give it a go on our own. So we thought, okay, I think we can figure this out. Let's do this and let's see what happens. And it's happened Pretty dang quick, and we've gotten pretty pretty busy pretty quickly here. Well, the listening audience does not have the advantage of being able to see your absolutely stunning outfits that uh, <laughs> have the logo <laughs> and the name on the on your shirts there, and you look official enough. Appreciate it. Uh, good shout out to Bob Blast for the the logo creation there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. So, what do you do? Do you rent a commercial? kitchen or? Yeah. So we operate out of a commercial kitchen here in Brown County. We decided to get creative and smartly use resources that were available and just look at spaces that were underutilized. So we actually partner with a summer camp and provide their food service for them in the summertime. It's actually a camp that I worked at for a long time and I grew up going to really? as a camper and my family's been involved for decades. And I knew that they were kind of struggling to, to fill that spot in the summertime to get somebody to run the kitchen just for like three months. So when we got this idea, we approached them and we said, hey, okay, what do you think about this? What if we come in and we will operate the summer food service for you? We will feed the campers. We'll make sure the staff's happy. We'll do the whole thing. And in return, we can use the kitchen when it sits for the majority of the year outside of the summer for what we want to do. They like, great, we know you, you've worked here forever, and we need food, so 
let's do it. And it, it's a way to, you know, kind of use some underutilized resources. And then it really helps out an organization that I care about, too. And then we get a spot to operate out of. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, because I know that having a commercial kitchen is an issue if you serve food to the public. Correct. Yep. Yep. That's the first thing we did was call the health department. We said, <laughs> we, who, who was, health department was number and, one. Who was number two? probably. Yes, accountant was number two. So those are the first calls we made. (laughs) Right, right. Can we actually do this? (laughs) Correct. So what kind of stuff do you guys offer? Well, we operate probably differently than what a traditional catering company does. We are both pretty firm that we don't want to have a set menu and say, here are your options. Here's the two kinds of chicken you can have. Here's what it costs. Throw on some mashed potatoes and this is all you get. So we do fully customized menus for everything that we do. Is that more work for us on the back end? It absolutely is. But that offers a way to really get a customized personal touch. So when we talk to a client and a potential client, we get a feel for their vision. We get a feel for their preference. You know, we look at what kind of budget parameters they're working with. And then we can really create something from there that really suits their needs. What kind of events do you do? Are, Are there limits? They're not really limits. You know, we pretty much, again, run the gamut. We've you know, get back to the origin story, we're pretty much in our first full year almost to the date of, of actual operations. We do a lot of heavy hors d'oeuvre kind of things to kind of full-on catering events, weddings. And then we've also got lucky and have developed a really good relationship with the Brown County Music Center. So we do a lot of uh, catering for their, for their oh, groups. Oh, excellent. That come in. Yeah. yeah. So. When you're catering events for the music center, I assume you're feeding the stars. Is that correct? Yes, both both the both the stars and the crew. Okay. Uh, usually the the crew comes in first, but okay. uh, oftentimes the the stars are in later in the day. And uh, some, from what we've seen, like uh, it seems to be kind of a lot of times the 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 stars or whatnot or the band don't typically eat the catering or you know or kind of there are options that in other venues don't seem to be quite up to up to par. But uh, which is a perfect segue into the. Jackson Brown story. <laughs> yeah. That... So what, like what Josh was saying, we see time and time and again, the stars are like, yeah, whatever, I'll eat after the show. I don't, they don't even go in the catering room. And then sure enough, and this, this has happened at several times, somebody will get on the radio and go, hey, this food's actually good. You might want to send them in here. Hey, this actually looks great. Hey, you, hey, instead of going out or looking at this menu, they tell them to get in here. So the same exact thing happened when we did the Jackson Brown show. And we're feeding the crew. I know that that day we had my favorite thing that Josh makes is the our lacinato kale salad with shaved Russell sprouts and slivered almonds and a honey white balsamic Dijon vinaigrette. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> we had that. We also had, I think, a pork agrodolce that night and probably wild it was a bruschetta. rice. Yeah. Oh, and bruschetta chicken because it was high summer. So we used some really nice Indiana tomatoes into the bruschetta chicken. And the note that we got in the writer was that Mr. Brown ate gluten-free. I am also gluten-free and I am a baker. I'm a pastry chef. So we duly noted that we made everything special from scratch, gluten-free. So, you know, suddenly there's a guy kind of hanging around and it becomes apparent that he is his assistant. And he's talking to somebody from the venue about like, oh, you know, can you can you give us a menu for a for a local farm to table place? And, you know, we're going to order out. And the person from the venue said, what we have right here is is 
the best that you're going to get for what you're looking for. Because he was looking for specific oils, like quality of the ingredients, you know, organic, natural, those sort of things. So so the assistant comes over and I'm walking him through what we've got. We don't use any of these junky oils. This is not what we do. I said, and I can tell you too, I have celiac disease and these items that are marked as gluten-free are absolutely gluten-free and I would eat any of them. So he's going, okay, okay. So he goes in and he takes a look. He's like, all right, okay, cool. So the, so the next thing I know, he says, do, do you mind if I, if I bring Jackson out to talk to you about the menu and what you make? And I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll give him the spiel. So he brings him out and I, I run through the whole menu and, and where we've sourced all of our ingredients from. And I got to talk about the Miller organic chicken and all the oils that we used. I got to talk to about the wild olive and how that's our you know local shop that we get our oils and our vinegars from and the local tomatoes in Indiana. And I went through it and he's, you know, he's like, all right. So he goes in and he, he gets a plate and he makes this plate and, you know, we, we hang back. We're not just staring at him eating, you know, yeah. but kind of I'm, I'm hanging back from there. And so he makes this plate and he eats it and he, he comes out the door and he, he comes up and he said, that, that was, that was excellent. That was, that was just most excellent. And, and it was I, very good. Truly, I believe. Is what yeah, it was. I, it was very good. Truly. So, and I am looking forward to eating more later. So. Jackson Brown endorsed. What yep, can you yep, say? Yeah. So that so, we packed stuff up for him to take back on the bus. And yep. then it was like, I don't know, right before showtime. And he came right back into the room and he's like, I forgot the cobbler. Yeah. So like, I like, forgot the a, cobbler. <laughs> so he had a gluten-free cobbler that Sam made. And yep. Yep. So he had was, to come back for the cobbler. That so. was fun. Nick Lowe was also Oh cool. yeah, Nick Lowe. He was he was so nice, and he was just Nick Lowe. Also loved the kale salad, which I also love the kale salad. So, you had to talk to Nick Lowe, and then several members of the uh, the Imposters, Elvis Costello's band too. They were also very excited. But it, it's so cool too because I, you know, you think about these guys, and Josh and I both spent time being musicians, touring musicians, traveling musicians. So. We know the other side of it, and these guys are out on the road. It's a grind. They're in buses. They're driving all night. And a lot of times, you know, the the food is the afterthought, and they just, you know, from what it sounds like from them, they go to other venues, and the food is just junk, and nobody cares. It's just like, ah, whatever, we're feeding the, feeding the crew, and here we go. And so to get the opportunity to meet these people from all over the country and then, like, just continually surprise them that like the food is good. You know, we we feed people. That's what we do. You know, we're chefs. That's 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 what we like to do. That's what we want to do. All right. So, what is your contact information? Yeah, you can find us at bonafidebites.com. That's b o n a f i d e b i t e s dot com. <laughs> Did I spell it right? Uh, yeah. All right. Bonafide. Bonafide. Yes. yes. And that's uh, info at bonafidebites.com is the email. Okay. And then we're a text or call away at area code 812-318-1356. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing this information. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you thanks for having us. The end of busy and a colorful month of October, the dwindling down of Nashville traffic, and for us locals, a shift in town activity now means some home duties are in order. Winterizing, storing away porch furniture, cleaning chimneys and gutters are now on the list. I hope to be more conservative this year with my leaf raking and blowing. I want to give my pollinator egg masses a better chance for survival using leaf cover 
acting as homes for insects, caterpillars, and moths. Those people who do natural landscaping, they grow pollinator gardens and promote native plantings, realize that the fall of the year means insects will survive the winter only if adequate habitat is provided, and I hope to do that. Plus, it may mean less work with leaf management, as we called it at the park. And this means less tedious work around my place, and I'm all for that. It used to be the 1st of November, I recall, fall color traffic in the park would come to a screeching halt. The oaks were the last to show any color, that russet sometimes deep hue, and daily traffic had slowed to just a few vehicles. By the second week of November, it was as though somebody put a locked gate across all three park entrances. No business of any kind, even with delivery trucks. And park staff would settle back, give out a collective sigh of relief that we survived yet another October. Then we'd begin looking towards a less hectic time to plan for next year, write up and finalize reports and return to daily work. But that was years ago. Now fall color lasts until almost the end of November. Warm, August-like temperatures continue keeping us outdoors, and no frost at night means outdoor plants get a reprieve. I can recall taking our boys trick-or-treating and there being snow on the ground. Thanksgiving of years ago meant a good chance for prolonged cold, and forecasts then usually included snowstorms and maybe a blizzard. Our friendly farmer's almanac predicted long, cold, winty winters. We look for the woolly bear caterpillar to confirm a sure sign of cold and the inside of a persimmon seed and how high the wasp's nest appeared. It's warm now, and we're told the unwinter-like weather may continue. So how do these extended, mild conditions affect the natural world around us? Friends talk of wearing shorts through December as they fill the bird feeder. A few migrating warblers, a tanager, or even two hummingbirds or so may remain and some flowering plants persist in the garden. Won't a delay for migrating birds mean more will contend now with larger flocks when they do leave? In the past, a slow departure flight over a longer period of autumn created less drain on food resources. Now birds get jammed together, migrating during both daytime and night, and more leave in larger flocks. In regard to vegetation... A gradual cooling for trees and their reaction to approaching cold hasn't really changed that much, we find, so far. Trees have been preparing for winter way back in mid-August. Growth took place for about a 30-day period, from about mid-May to mid-June. The meristematic tissue in the root hairs, in the cambium layer, and at the bud showed the most growth. If a freak winter storm were to happen, trees would most likely fare pretty well those plant tissues well on their way to shutting down. The process of trees preparing for winter responds to weather, of course, along with the amount of dwindling daylight and cooler nighttime temps. While adapted to weather trends for millennia, it may be now the gradual warming associated with global change will result in trees retaining leaves. Growth may persist past that 30-day period, and leaf retention may last well into winter. Remains to be seen and scientists will keep us advised. Speaking of science, Purdue University's Meteorologic Department website can be a good source for documenting these changes. Several Purdue departments, like the Forestry and Natural Resources School, also use this data. Along with the Ag School, weather can dictate future productions. 
planting times and projected harvest times for both the farming and the hunting community. Purdue is predicting warmer winters in the future, with the amount of moisture we generally receive now being in the form of rain, rains that can last longer in duration and create the threat of flooding in low areas. But of course, rains add to ground moisture. And so for Indiana farmers plagued with droughts, this may provide a more favorable outlook. Can winter rains be retained in Hoosier soils? Vital for next year's ag crops? That's the question. Like it always has, and most likely always will, weather is what we rely on to determine what we expect, what we do, what we prepare for and plan. Frequently updated weather apps on our phones tell us within minutes what to expect. Curiously, we may still watch the sky, but we place more faith in what high tech tells us than our past experiences. Still the old adage, red sky at night, sailors delight. Have you heard this? Red sky and morn, sailors take warn. It may be still mumbled by us as we check our phones. Enjoy these last fall color days persisting. Soon the hills of brown will be brown. Jim Eagleman for Nature Ramblings, the Brown County Hour. Talk with you next time. There are families that we are born to, and there are families that we create. Both of them have a place in the world, and both are of equal value. In the ever-continuing cycle of life, all of my predecessors have passed on. But children and friends endure, and all of them count as family. Not so long ago, my wife Becky and I would celebrate the holiday with family up in Indy. There used to be a bunch of us, but time stands still for no one. What's left are the memories, and there's a lot to be grateful for in the remembering. Many of us have created our own extended families, and in all ways, this is a gift that keeps on giving. Back in the midst of time, we lived together in villages. Everyone had a place, and everyone participated in the life of the tribe. The old took care of the young, the gardeners gardened, the hunters hunted, and everyone's needs were taken care of. If I had my druthers, we would still live like that. Before World War II, most folks lived in smaller towns, and our extended families were an integral part of our existence. It was common for many generations to live in one household, and the bonds that were developed and the multi-generational stories that were told can only be imagined in our modern world. These days, we're lucky if we can see our families on the holidays. In our busy world, phone calls and text messages have taken the place of council meetings around a campfire. And all too often, joint effort is replaced by individual activities. One of my extended families is a group I call the Old Farts. If ever a name says it all, this is it. The Old Farts are a crusty group of friends that share many years of friendship and association. The fragility of life is ever-present, but the joy of existence lives on, and we meet once a month to share a few laughs and celebrate being alive. Considering the overall positive nature of the group, every day is a celebration. The Farts gathered on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, to share a meal and get caught up. There weren't many folks at the Brown County Inn, and we occupied our regular round table in the corner. We prefer a round table so we can look one another in the eye, but it also gives us a chance to hear all of the conversation because we're a bunch of old farts. 
Recently, my wife and I have been diagnosed with alpha-gal syndrome. This is a tick-induced allergy, and it turns out that Brown County is an epicenter for a disorder that most people have never heard of. If you're looking for more information, our crewmate Sarah Lytle interviewed a group of locals who have this malady in episode 134 of the Brown County Hour that aired in May of this year. She's also established a group to discuss this issue that meets on the last Wednesday of every month at the Nashville Library. The upshot for everyone with this syndrome is you can no longer eat anything that comes from mammals. For some, this includes milk and dairy. Until recently, it was difficult to get a proper diagnosis for this disease. But as numbers have profoundly increased, that is no longer the case. Now that I've become the ambassador for AlphaGal among the old farts, I fielded a lot of questions about this allergy. I can only speak to what Becky and I are experiencing because it's clear there is no definitive information about this malady. Lots of questions begin with, can you eat such and such? The answers are usually no, yes, maybe. Does this last for the rest of your life? No, yes, maybe. Are there any treatments? Yes, there's an acupuncturist in Kentucky that a lot of people talk about, but so far, there's nothing from the leading medical institutions. When the time came to order, neighbor Mike joined me in solidarity by also ordering a black bean burger. Science Mike had the fish and chips. And Steve and Dale forswore sensitivity and thoroughly enjoyed their fried tenderloins, as they should. Life is too short not to enjoy your favorite foods, and we're all grateful for that. But mostly, we're grateful for each other and friendships that have endured the test of time. Families, old and new, provide a place to be among our peers, and without them, we're alone in this world. No matter how or with whom you celebrate, happy holidays. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time. My true love gave to me One coon, crossum, possum, trot, crick On the second day of Christmas My true love gave to me Two tater bugs and a coon Crossum, possum, trot, crick On the third day of Christmas My true love gave to me Three cow pies, two tater bugs And a coon, crossum, possum, trot, crick On the fourth day of Christmas My true love gave to me Four fifths of meal, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing possum trot creek. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five morning hogs. Four fifths of meal, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing possum trot creek. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six heifers up and five morning hogs. Four fists of mule, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing possum trot creek. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven pecker woody, six heifers up, and five ball in hogs. Four fists of 
mules, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing by some dried creek. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight booger hollers, seven pecker woody, six heifers, half and five bowling hogs. Four fits of mule, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing by some dried creek. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine pippin' peepees, eight booger hollers, seven pecker woody, six heifers, half and five bowling hogs. Four fits of mule, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing possum dog creek. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten tempted tuck my nine pippin' peepees, eight booger hollers, seven pecker woodies, six heifers, half and five bowling hogs. Four fits of mule, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing possum dog creek. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven lips and whistles, ten tufted tit mice, nine pippin peepees, eight booger hollers, seven pecker woody, six heifers, half and five bowling hogs, four fits of mule, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing possum trot creek. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Twelve wrecks of rust, eleven lips and whistles, ten tufted dip mice, nine pimpin' peepees, eight burger hollers, nine pecker woodies, six heifers, half and five fallin' hogs. Four fits of mule, three cow pies, two tater bugs, and a coon crossing crossing trot creek. Thanks for tuning in to episode 141 of the Brown County Hour. This show was recorded in our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. and anytime online. Be sure to look for us on your favorite streaming services. The Brown County Hour is brought to you by a diverse group of folks who believe, now more than ever, the world is for everyone. This show was produced by Chuck Wills, Pam Rader, Rick Fettig, Vera Grubbs, Lucy Schultz, Sarah Lytle, Jim Lemon, and Dave Seastrup. We would also like to thank Slats Klug for our theme music. You have been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County. Oh